Hi there. This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope that you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. Chapter 2 where two or more are gathered. The first question we need to ask is this. What is a church? A church is not a building. A church is the meeting together of Christians for the purpose of praising, worshipping, and learning about the ways of God and Jesus Christ. And it doesn't have to be a huge congregation for it to be a church. The Bible says it like this. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And that's from Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Here is a promise of the Lord. When there are just two or three meeting together in the name of Jesus Christ, then the Lord is amongst them. So every house church or small Bible study group is a church. It doesn't need the fancy buildings with stained glass windows and the Christian praise and worship band and all the rest of the paraphernalia of modern churches to be a church. In the eyes of God, it just needs two or three people to gather together in the name of the Lord to be a church. In fact, when we look at the work of Paul and Barnabas in the Bible, we often see that the beginnings of the Gentile churches started with just a handful of people meeting in somebody's home. When Paul first visited Ephesus, he found a group of disciples of John the Baptist. Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, and they were baptised after which he laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, verses 1 to 6, we find this message, and we are told there were just 12 of them in total. Again, we find that when Paul and Barnabas visited Philippi, they went down to a place by the river where there was a place of prayer. They spoke to the women who had gathered there, and one of those women, named Lydia, accepted the message they spoke about Christ. She was baptised along with her household, and that one single household became the foundation of the Philippians' church. Similarly, when the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to Philemon, he addressed it to Philemon and others and the church in your house. In all cases, we're talking about small groups of people, and in each case, these small groups constitute a church. In each case... The promise of the Lord will be fulfilled that where two or more gather together in his name, the Lord is in their midst. Now, you may be wondering how it is that Christ can be there in the midst of all these small gatherings, as well as the big ones too. The answer to that question can be seen in the first few chapters of Revelation, specifically in chapters 2 and 3. Have a look at these scriptures where the Lord addresses the seven churches of Asia, and you'll notice something similar about all of them. Revelation 2 verse 1, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Revelation 2 verse 8, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. In Revelation 2 12, and to the angel of the church in Pergamum write the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. In Revelation 2.18, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire, and whose feet are burnished bronze. 
Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God on the seven stars. I know your works. You have the name of being alive, and you are dead. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one shall shut, who shuts and no one opens. And in Revelation 3, verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Now, I'm sure you will have noticed that when the Lord addressed each of these seven churches, he addressed his comments to the angel of each respective church. What does this tell us? In essence, every one of these churches has an angel of the Lord overseeing it and watching it according to the will of God. This is how the Lord is able to be in the midst of every church where there are two or more gathered in, together in his name. It will be the same whenever two or more are gathered together in the name of the Lord today. The Lord will appoint an angel to oversee that gathering. The angel watches over the church and reports back to the Lord on how the church is developing. We see the effect of this in the words written to the seven churches in Asia in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. The letter is addressed to the angels of the churches, but the Lord speaks to and about the people in the congregations of the churches. It is the people with whom he has praise or issues and who need to repent or change their ways. This is clear because in each case the Lord says, I know your works, and then proceeds to offer advice, pronounce judgment, or give encouragement based on the condition of the church in question. The Lord knows the works and the ways of the churches because the angel overseeing the church reports back to the Lord about what is going on. It will be the same with every church or gathering in the name of the Lord today, even where there are only two or three gathered together. Regardless of the size of the church, whether it be two or three gathered together or several thousand and anything in between, the same principles for a church need to apply. The structures, processes and methods of worship must be the same so that the church is operating in accordance with the patterns established by the Lord in the scriptures, which we'll look at in detail shortly. But before we do that, we first need to look at the church from the perspective of God and Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that the church is the bride of Christ, and so we will consider what that means in the next chapter. So that's all that I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. God bless.